You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the couch potatoes i'm alex morrison and this week we're going to be diving in and talking about some of our favorite youtubers because we've been we actually kind of talked about this last week i think a little bit on the show but it's like you know we are the couch potatoes and we've kind of sectioned that off into talking about primarily tvs and movies and such like that but with smart tvs and everything being so relevant and you know easily obtainable over the last five years it kind of now falls into youtube as well so later on this episode we're going to be talking about some of our favorite youtubers but first things first just a little bit of housekeeping just how you doing chris I'm tired. I'm fucking exhausted. <laughs> fucking tired, bro. In three weeks, I've been to Savannah, Georgia, Hinesville, Fort Stewart, Fredericksburg, Charlottesville, Washington, D.C. twice. Uh, let's see. Harrisonburg. Uh, pretty much did the uh, Civil War run. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So in like three weeks. Yeah. I, I remember you talking about that some last week. It seems like the traveling is going to uh, kind of calm down a little bit for you. Yeah. So the... It'll, it'll kick back up, but I think for the next two weeks, I'll be off. Well, there you go. I have at least a little... paid, but yeah, I'll be off. <laughs> and that a great double-edged sword. It's like, yay, I get time off, but I'm not getting that Skrilla. Yeah, you don't <laughs> clean the house so much. <laughs> you, can only well, do consp- you, you talk about conspiracies with your friends so long before well, it's just like, I'm going to kill myself at a Costco. Well, now, well, now you have time to watch uh, Ant-Man. Yeah, I guess. That I got to spend money I don't have. <laughs> I got pirated, I guess. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there's a good pirate version oh, yeah. out there by now. Yeah. Now, I'm finally starting to fall into my work a little bit more. And through that, I wasn't doing as much YouTubing. I was more or less kind of YouTubing like the different kind of stuff our shop has. Mm-hmm. After, after I work there a little longer, I'll start posting about it because they actually do want you to kind of bring in your own customer base. Just feel it out a little longer before I start saying what it is. But either way, but yeah. Just I'm, roll in there. Y'all got Swisher Sweets? <laughs> well... I got black and mouth. <laughs> Where's the goddamn Swisher Sweets in the White House? <laughs> uh, we got the White House. <laughs> but you don't have Swisher Sweets. Yeah, so just kind of working, trying to push on through. But between all that, had a little bit of time to research and find some interesting topics for us to talk about. So let's go ahead and move on over to our news segment. First thing kicking off in this news segment is something that Initially, I think we may have talked about it once, kind of in passing, possibly either on something good for you or just as an aside on couch potatoes, as we have a you know tremendous ability to stay on topic. Um, but over the last week, the new Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey movie has come out. I've heard terrible things. I have too, but not I still e- want to see it. Not even like you know. F- bad in a fun way terrible just like this is genuinely like shit 
<laughs> like, not even in a fun way. Uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, the only reason this movie even exists is it falls back to what we talked about a couple episodes ago. Winnie the Pooh, just the character, had fallen under public domain. So now he was free use. And now this is what we're getting is Winnie the Pooh horror movies. This is the reason it's in the news segment. The budget for this movie was $100,000. Okay. Uh, partly invest uh, like a half investment from I forget there was like some local company that had like a shit ton of money that wanted to see it through. So half investment by the production company, half investment from an outside source. The box office is three point two million dollars. Yeah, they've done well. Three times the money back. So this is what's so baffling to me, and the reason I wanted to put in the news segment. A movie shot for $100,000 has raked in $3.2 million and is one of the worst rated films. Terrible movies get a bunch of money all the time. But for the fact that this has made more, this horrible movie has made more money comparatively than some other larger movies is baffling to me it's not no, it's they, like they created such a horrible movie that not even people that like bad movies would like it it's just like it's poorly done it's poorly shot it's poorly executed all of it and has made 3.2 million dollars they failed their way into a success yeah that's, that's impressive uh but like that I, is I, baffling I, to me Nah, it, it happens all the time terrible movies get made all the time they make a bunch of money and then then the critics come out and then they stop making money it's 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 you know it's post-critic bullshit you know it's you know, we haven't seen it. Keep that in mind. We haven't seen it. It might be hilarious in a certain aspect, but critically wise, yeah, the movie's probably junk. There's probably plot holes out the ass, and I bet it's mainly just a gore fest. But for yeah, certain, that, for, yeah. for that three point two million dollars, that people spent three point two million dollars to watch a gore fest. So like, <laughs> yeah, I, I believe it, I believe you know that it totally made that money. And I'm not saying this in any sort of negative light. Like, how dare they? It's it's surprising and impressive. And I'm also making a prediction, which connects into our later topic, talking about YouTubers. I feel like this is about to be a video essay topic among many different reviewers because there's going to be people that do the math and do the comparative budgets to other movies and like rank it all within like a straight line where it's all similar adjusting things. And they're going to see how this movie has like made so much more money comparatively than other films that are even good. And just kind of be in the thing of like, how can the indie movie create, you know, such a, you know, huge box office smash, but be the worst rated movie, the highest grossing yet lowest rated. I see a lot of those videos in my future i believe yeah nostradamus this yeah but that's that's the that's the whole thing about indie movies you know it's they're doing something different than the bigger stuff they're you know they're taking a risk for a low monetary you know they're expecting low monetary gain uh it's no different than the guy that made a uh, skinnamarink i don't know if you've heard about that movie no a uh, big movie uh just coming out um it got posted online and a lot of people ended up watching it for free. Uh, it made it went through South by Southwest. He spent fifteen thousand dollars and made probably what's probably going to be considered by October the perfect horror movie um, because of how fucking unsettling it is. But that's fifteen thousand dollars. 
high critic acclaim, and he's not making any money right now because it got leaked on the internet. But by October, when it releases on like full media, yeah, he'll probably he'll probably cut a clean check, even though it was pirated. And all these little TikTok fellows and reels and all these other guys, you know, talking about this movie. Even some of our favorite YouTube guys, we'll be talking about later on, did whole video essays on this movie and how scary it is. I have no disbelief that a hundred thousand dollar Winnie the Pooh gore fest, you know, <laughs> made three point two million dollars. So. I have a feeling that most of our I think, listeners I think, have. I, I think well, the great thing about it, though, is it didn't go to a streaming service. Yeah, that's, it got why, in, that's how it made its money. It did get a limited release. I've not personally looked it up to see where it is, but the couple mm. YouTube reviewers I did listen to were saying they had to drive like an hour out of yeah. the way to go see so it. Like so a, it's a very limited release. So they're not driving to the fucking Ace or Cinemark or anything like that. They're going the to yeah, they're going to their fucking mom and pop shop fucking theaters, which are perfect because they'll show these terrible movies and like the Jim theater in Canapolis would probably be the one that'd have it. Right. So, yeah, I could see it making $3.2 million. I, and I kind of want to see it just simply because of how bad it's people than are about, saying I, it is. I, I, I bet a dollar saying it's better than Voodoo Apocalypse. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> that still has to be one of the worst movies I've seen. Oh, yeah, I'll still threaten that kid today. <laughs> uh, the next little piece of news that I saw... Uh, Go ahead and get it pulled back up here. It's just something that uh, you brought up, actually. Uh, nothing has been confirmed, but for some reason, a lot more news articles over the last few days have kind of brought it up, which is the rumor that Sebastian Stan is going to be playing Luke Skywalker in the new Mandalorian season. Hmm. So there's nothing to really substantiate it other than the fact that Sebastian hasn't been posting a lot Uh of course, that could be him getting ready for his uh, role and, you know, the new Marvel MCU stuff. But at the same time, if he's hanging out around Disney Studios, I, I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad seeing him cast as the new Luke Skywalker. I would be. You would? I'd be furious because I'm tired of seeing the fucking Skywalkers. Well, okay, take your personal bias out of it's it. It's not personal bias. The story is done. All right, you, you wrote a perfect story. You don't need to talk about them anymore. The galaxy runs without this family being around <laughs> okay it's it's that part it's it's fine you know they, they did fantastic stuff with obi-wan you know i could maybe see that in a season two you know in the future you know but i'm get i get real tired of seeing that as like a MacGu- it's kind of like a MacGuffin. and season two it became a MacGuffin. when luke skywalker came at the end of season two and saved everybody's ass it's just like oh you lazy motherfuckers like if, if, in a critical aspect, yeah, in storytelling, this one guy finally showed up. You called him like two weeks ago. Like, you literally called him two weeks ago with your Jedi, like, cell phone. And, like, only one motherfucker showed up. <laughs> and it's like, that is some bullshit. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, in the grand scheme of things, I'm just, you don't need to use him that much. He did such good work. You know, you did, you, you proved that it could be done with CGI, you proved it could be done with AI voices changing all that you don't need the skywalkers in the story anymore you have a pantheon of characters now to tell about let's let's go back and talk about some other characters you know (laughs) fuck let's let's kind of let's kind of cure that whole thing about han solo getting drunk and forgetting that the jedi were real (laughs) (laughs) so i guess the reason why i'm a little bit more okay with them doing the luke stuff and why i'd be fine with them recasting uh mark hamill as and with sebastian stan is because I feel like the fan base kind of got gypped 
in the most recent t- trilogy and they kind of nerfed Luke and kind of like took away a little bit of that victory. So it feels like they this may just be a way to give a little bit more of a satisfying Luke story and give, you know, the hardcore fan base, both young and old, it's not a generational thing. It's just your level of fandom for a specific era of the films, giving them the kind of heroes continuation that they wanted to see at the end of Return of the Jedi. So, so maybe from that aspect, I do kind of get it, but I do understand where you're coming from though, where you're just like, I'm tired of seeing these, this fucking family show us other people like, um, skeleton crew. That's going to be coming out here soon. They are completely separated from every character that we've seen so far. It's a brand new batch of folks, live action. I'm actually kind of interested in that. I'm, I would, I'm going to give that a genuine try. This, they said it's not going to have any connections to Mandalorians or Jedi or any characters we already know. And I think that's kind of the right route that Star Wars can take right now. I think that's the good direction. I think I think they can make another three set of movies, uh, post Rise of Skywalker. They're terrified too. They should be, because I think if they just tell a story about the place a long, far away, a long time ago, you know, I think they could just tell a story about rebuilding. Let's 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 bring back a villain or two that we didn't see in the movies, like Thrawn. You know, someone someone who got banished out into. The, the long long ago you know let's bring back some people let's let's create new characters that are compelling as villains they don't have to be a fucking sith they didn't have to build an army in secret on a black planet that doesn't exist you know like we could do this and it still be a compelling story space western yeah, yeah. so i actually have so for, for the longest time i've been talking about wanting to do a youtube channel and it's like this was one of my original topic ideas um but the the past i mean the time for it is just really past and it's like you know it, it's not going to be as relevant if i were to do it anymore so i'll just kind of post it or put it in here because you gave me a perfect lead in i do not think that they're going to make any more episodic star wars movies star wars episode blank i think they're done 100 percent and I feel like they were conditioning us uh, to already be used to not seeing it, starting with uh, the final movie, The Rise of Skywalker. When you saw the new promotional material for Episode 7 coming out, it was promoted. Episode 7, The Force Awakens, the beginning of the new trilogy. And then even The Last Jedi, Episode 8, The Last Jedi. I double-checked to make sure I wasn't going crazy, and I had videos like bookmarked and saved. Trailer after trailer after trailer, it says the ending of the Skywalker saga over and over. You are hard-pressed to find any official promo that states Episode Nine. Almost all promotional material says Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, and it's implied that it's Episode Nine. If you look at the fine details, you'll see it, but it's not emblazoned across like we saw with the prequels even, where it was like Episode 1, Episode 2. I feel like they were already conditioning us to be like, hey, look, independent stories. Because I feel if you take The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, that to me is a complete story. There should have been a movie in between. That right there is a complete story. The Rise of Skywalker feels like an in-between movie. 
it feels like a self-contained movie. I feel like I could show that movie to a random person and then be like, oh, that's a cool start of a series. Where does this go? It feels like the beginning of a series. It doesn't feel like the end of a series. It feels like a kickoff point. Much like The Last Jedi felt like an ending point. At the at the end of that movie, I remember walking out just kind of going, what the fuck are they going to do now? Like, this felt like the wrap-up. This felt like an ending. Like, if they ended the series here, like, this would kind of make sense. Huh. I don't know. Rise of Skywalker felt like Return of the Jedi. It felt like just an end. Yeah. Because, you know, you see the bad guy die. You see the our, our villain-esque person turn heel yeah i'm a good person you see like a revelation for our hero so you got the dan Harmon circle kind of fucking <laughs> so like it, it, it felt like an ending movie I, promotional wise yeah i could kind of see it they're not promoting it a bunch like episode nine yeah because episode you don't want to end on an odd number that's fucking yeah, terrible that makes sense too so, yeah. uh, i could see an episode 10 ray kills jar jar <laughs> in front but, of god and everybody i don't know i just feel like just with that promotion specifically and how much they're wanting to push the idea of star wars stories that they were kind of conditioning the fan base to be not seeing the episode name like that so i so i honestly believe unless kathleen kennedy were to be replaced or whatever if the continue if Star Wars continues with the heads that are at it right now making the decisions. I think they're done with episodes. I could be completely wrong. Every YouTuber and podcaster is wrong. So I'm willing to be wrong again. <laughs> but that's my prediction. I think they're actually Star done Wars with the episode, episodes. Episode 10, The Court of Owls. <laughs> brought to you by Raycon Shadow Legends. <laughs> and Betty Crocker. And Betty Crocker. <laughs> uh, but yeah, after that, a um, little, little bit more of an aside. Uh, just kind of an interesting piece of information because i don't think we saw any like producers or directors talking about it uh but venom 3 is officially filming oh shit yeah uh some leaked uh footage has been uh dropped of um what's his name i should have had it pulled up the guy that plays eddie brock tom hardy tom hardy uh there's a scene of tom hardy uh getting out of a cab and doing some miming and talking to himself as venom and like some really cool like kind of like body gymnastics of like the symbiote trying to prevent him from going in the building but he's trying to go in the building it's actually it just kind of shows how much of a good actor he is watching it without any sort of editing so yeah i think tom hardy's a great actor i still have absolutely zero interest in watching this franchise <laughs> i can i can appreciate the act from afar and being like you're a talented dude but i don't want to see this story <laughs> um i will say like out of the new stuff that's coming out uh dc kind of stomped themselves in the foot uh recently when it came to their television shows yeah they released some promotional uh screen captures of the the last season of the flash there's such a popular series on the cw uh, that they accidentally showed what the villain was going to be who's going to show up at the end of the series and it was just like you what <laughs> you did you show you showed the secret like you showed a picture of him in like full costume and like holy shit that's the guy you chose and it was like some no-name dc character like silver ball or some shit and i'm just like okay like i don't know much about that character someone from the marketing team's getting fired they're like that really we gave you the entire episode and that's the screenshot you grabbed we don't want to show them what we don't want yeah. is what you picked 
Yeah, and all these frames, all these frames. They're, they're like ten up, ten twenty episodes of worth of content. You pick the fucking probably dead ass last image. Yeah, and, thanks, dude. And from what I'm understanding, they're revamping that whole. They're revamping the whole thing. They're not rebooting, revamping, which is uh, introducing new shows to have those characters trickle in every now and then. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, DC is still going to be doing fine on their television aspect. I'm still waiting to see more from the movies there. Um, I mean, I really think they have an opportunity with Flashpoint to do some interesting stuff. Yeah. Or the new Flash movie. I th- I Everyone's already calling it Flashpoint. They might uh, as well. Uh, it's going to be confusing as shit. It is. It's going to be super fucking confusing uh, because you're dealing with multiverse stuff. Just like some of the stuff I heard about Ant-Man. It's going to be confusing, which, you know, it's a way of doing giant storytelling you know let's let's like hey let's see spider-man from this area let's, let's see batman from this time you know let's let's change it up a little bit and i can see what you were saying last time we were talking about the flash trailer and he's like i am batman it's just like okay yeah that looks funny i saw the ben affleck in his new suit and it looks he's got that weird blue color to it yeah and i was like that's gonna look weird as shit because he's in the daylight yeah <laughs> like, i see and that's and that's just kind of what makes me slightly worried about it because again these are cool trailer moments it's cool to yeah, well, see i'll tell you it. what if we don't like it we could sue yes exactly <laughs> exactly sue. um another thing you know that's coming out um which because going to video games going to transition to video games real quick um bethesda which is owned by microsoft right now is so is i'm not saying they're slow but it's not really fast either uh on the fallout series um so this game has basically been taken over by fans production wise to where they they've announced that you know know that fallout could be modded quite a bit by fans uh they created the creation club for the game and stuff like that where you could pay modders for their content they've basically made fallout 5 by fans and it'll be released as a new dlc this year and it's going to be the biggest dlc release in the bethesda series wow and it's all fans it's all fans that made it and like i've seen a lot of promotional material for like other mods like uh, they did fallout london they built london as a like nuked out and stuff like that which was cool looking they did anchorage alaska which turned out good but this one will be the new dlc for fallout 4 that you can get so if you play that game i would look out for it oh yeah that's but, actually really cool that they're bringing in the fan community and being like hey we're gonna make these some official dlc maps and they've pretty much made so much dlc and mods to the game that the game released in like 2015 so like <laughs> 10 years is coming up real quick and you're basically telling these people like at bethesda who worked hard on the game like hey guys you made a great game but we made it better <laughs> like it, I, I play with mods on my version and it's fantastic we've seen modded games all the time i think this uh, skyrim has the most with uh, thomas the tank engine just showing up as a dragon or the macho man randy savage dragon and he just shows up oh yeah it's just like it's fucking hilarious so but yeah that's a big uh that's a big thing coming out this year um along with a couple of things uh shutter has actually stepped in um to bring back a stephen king story um children of the corn will be redone uh for shutter as that's a ser- gonna be cool as a series i believe yeah mm-hmm. so i'm always a fan of the children of the corn well to bring it back to uh the video games for a second um I saw some interesting news. Uh, these nerds, I love them to death. Uh, they will data mine uh, app updates to try to figure out, you know, up 
upcoming information. So there's a lot of uh, stuff that Nintendo's been releasing lately. So they were data mining that and they found that like Birdo wasn't going to be the only new uh, character coming to the Mario Kart DLC XYZ. That's all well and fine. The thing that I thought was most interesting is that someone had an updated development kit, and through that, they found that just by changing a few keywords in the script, there was the entire Pokemon Game Boy franchise playable within the system. Okay. Including a trading system. Okay. It's heavily rumored that with the next expansion pack update, you know how there's been like the NES channel, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, there's going to be a Pokemon channel Hmm. where in there you'll be able to play your classic Game Boy games. You'll be able to connect Pokemon Home to it, which what that does, it connects to Pokemon Go. So the Pokemon you've collected all these years through the app, theoretically, you should be able to transfer those characters to Home and then to the Game Boy games and be able to play with all these different ones, which will then connect to Pokemon Stadium that has been confirmed for the Nintendo 64 Switch uh, uh, channel. And through that, you sh- you were able to import your Pokemon to battle in the Stadium game through your Game Boy pack. Yeah. It is rumored that you'll be able to just use the Pokemon from your reserve through the Pokemon channel in those fights and that's honestly pretty fucking cool that's exciting <laughs> uh, yeah that would be a, i would love to see niantic the niantic who, who does pokemon go kind of yeah. help support that mm-hmm. very quickly um hell i might even fucking get a fucking new switch game um, <laughs> but uh another thing about uh i don't know if you've heard about this uh i'm a big fan of the coffee table art books um Atari had came out with one, uh, or hold on, a publishing company had came out with a book with an Atari one, <laughs> with an, with an, with a, about, about Atari, and they came out with an arcade one. Recently, the publishing company, uh, the first time ever, uh, came out with one about the Sega Genesis, all artwork from Sega Genesis games, and it was it was supposed to debut last week, um, but now Sega. Who still my still a company uh, sent a cease and desist order after the book was created, and so as a level of spite, the publisher released it for free online as a PDF. Damn! To say fuck you, then I'm still uh, like they waited for him to finish the book. They waited for this company to be made a great product. That talks about how great your product was. Yeah. And you're going to send them a cease and desist order. It's literally an art book. A book. And, and they the sent- only thing I can think of is maybe they didn't have the full clearance from all the digital artists that created those levels. Mm-hmm. But, it was, but it wasn't just like, it was just talking about the games that were released, some of the cover art and stuff like that. And in these art books, you do see under every fucking piece of artwork, the name of the artist, when it was made, what it was made for. So they're not saying it's their art. They are literally just creating an art book. Okay. It's no different than a classic art book. Okay. It's no different than showing pictures of, 
you know, Leonardo da Vinci's or Picasso's or something like that. It's no different because But they all- still have to get the rights to use it though. Yes. So as a but as a series of spite, they released it for free. And there's nothing you can do really and about that. You can that. literally because it's a PDF, take it to your local print shop, have it printed off <laughs> and like have it bound in a binder on your fucking coffee table. Is that what I need is that what I'm gonna be expecting to see come next week on the coffee table? No, I ain't got binder money. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's I have just, free PDF money. But yeah, that 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 showed up on my thing. I was just like, damn, because like the Atari book I saw up close, and I was just like, man, that's it's a fantastic book, because the artwork of Atari is batshit insane. It's oh all God, fantasy yes. and stuff, and it's just like that into an Atari game, which is block 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 block. It's just like, yeah, that you oversold, motherfucker. You oversold like a motherfucker. I love that. Just block 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 block. But like, I can imagine that like, if Sega's going to do that, I can imagine Nintendo. And PlayStation, Microsoft. I could see them not doing a goddamn thing. Microsoft is somehow still a business when it comes to their video games because they created the uh, Xbox uh, fridge. Uh, no, the uh, uh, the Gold Pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Xbox Pass, where you could just download games for free. Yeah, but these aren't like little games. These are AAA titles, and I'm just like, how are you guys making money? <laughs> We're not. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, probably not, but you probably are. And I'm just <laughs> like, somehow. But like the say like PlayStation Now is doing the same thing. Yep. Switch is doing it too. And uh, update on Switch, they've got a bunch of games right now for like two to four dollars. <laughs> I know, it's insane, dude. They're trying to keep up with Steam, I believe, when they're doing those Steam sales every three months. Damn, now they just need to discount their first party games, god damn it. But Never. Smash Brothers has been out for years. It doesn't need to still be 70 60 fucking bucks <laughs> no forever 60 dollars and uh the last little piece of news this isn't any sort of recent news it's more or less news because i recently found it god damn it uh and i feel that this could be an entire episode talking about different canceled proposed movies but this one really caught my attention and the reason it popped back up in my feed is due to what we'll be talking about in our main segment youtubers uh recent footage from this has been discovered no <laughs> my drummer's trying to call in the middle of podcasting <laughs> time to call from atlanta uh but no apparently back in 2012 there was going to be a beatles yellow submarine remake movie and the reason it's interesting is it was going to be directed by robert zemeckis the same guy that did polar express and forrest gump and, and all those other really creepy fucking rotoscoped like 3D movies. Uh, it was planned out. Apple Corps uh, signed off on it. Disney signed off on it. It was going to be a joint production. And the, um, the main reasons why it was canceled was movies like A Christmas Carol and The Adventures of Titan both failed horribly in the theaters. And by that point... Disney lost faith that this yellow submarine movie would be profitable and it got canceled. So due to two movies being kind of creepy and a little weird, this movie never saw the light of day. But the reason it really kind of intrigued me was seeing some of the working designs that got released recently. Some of these are just downright terrifying. I mean, the original Yellow Submarine movie is a fucking weird one to begin with. Some really off-the-wall characters. But, like, they were trying to go in some weird, uncanny valley and, like, creepy shit with this film. Which also kind of made me wonder, 
would it have actually been an all right movie? Do you think that would have been something that would have intrigued audiences to see like this almost weird futurism version of the yellow submarine story? Cause I'm kind of flipping through photos now of like the inside of the it's submarine. It's hard to say Beatles fans are diehard motherfuckers and you know, they'll, they'll buy anything that's Beatles. But then again, when you're doing like dead eyed fucking animated characters, yeah, like from Polar Express, <laughs> yeah, that, that looks creepy as shit. But so, <laughs> but so, so was Yellow Submarine. Yeah, no, that have you? Have, when was the last time you saw that movie? It's been a while. I remember the toys. Yeah, I remember the toys too, man. I think it was McFarlane that made them. Yeah, it was some, one of those guys that made those, and I know a couple of people that have a few of them. Oh, really? The actual toys, yeah. Shit. No, I think they're actually pretty expensive these days like if you're trying to find it on the uh aftermarket but yeah it's 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 i don't know it's a very niche thing you know polar express and you know christmas story you know are holiday movies right but like that right there is you know pop culture niche so mm-hmm. i think i think it would have been fine i think there would have been some critiques of like like kind of like the willy wonka and the chocolate factory movie with gene wilder it's just like hey you remember that one scene in that movie that scared the shit out of everybody <laughs> yeah that's the entire yellow submarine <laughs> and what was also interesting is the original yellow submarine the uh four beetles were not voiced by themselves uh they honestly that that's the reason why the movie well, was, Paul was dead by that time well yeah so i don't think um billy Shear has quite had the regular talking voice down quite yet that's, I think pissed, he had that's, that's what really pissed him off and told everybody the truth was he wasn't around yellow submarine <laughs> <laughs> but they had such a horrible time with uh help Mm. They had such a bad experience making that movie, but they were signed to a three-movie deal. They still had one more to do. And that's why it was said, it was like, okay, just take this record of music, create an animated thing around it. You can get other people to voice us. We don't give a shit. So it was heavily rumored that the original dialogue from the movie was just going to be repurposed into the new film. Aside from one which was Chief Blue Meanie. Now, if you see that character, he's the one that's a little short, stubby, all blue, floppy ears. David Tennant was going to voice the big, the Chief Blue Meanie. Yeah, Doctor Who. (laughs) That would have been a little weird. It would have been like Doctor Doctor Who episode. (laughs) (laughs) Which actually has a really weird connection because the original Beatles did have a cameo via video mm-hmm. on the original Doctor Who series. Yeah, it was the uh, first colorized version of Doctor Who. I think it was like the fifth Doctor by that point. Um, but yeah, that's, yes, one, two, th- yeah, the fifth Doctor would have been mm-hmm. the first colorized version. So yeah, they would have showed up in that. Yeah, they, so they were trying to actually get them on the show. Time didn't permit, but instead they aired what... what It was kind of like a lost media inception. So this episode of Doctor Who was lost media for the longest time. Mm. And then it eventually re-showed, and it was important for two reasons. One, lost media of Doctor Who found. Number two, the footage shown was the Beatles playing the Top of the Pops, which was also lost footage. (laughs) No one could find that footage either. So when that Doctor Who episode was found, it was like, Oh shit, we finally have like 40 episodes of this TV appearance that was also lost. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, it, I feel like we could do a whole episode though, talking about different canceled movies and different things that just never quite got off the ground that maybe have like a test footage or a pilot done. Oh, yeah, like the Nicolas Cage, Kevin Smith Superman movie. And you had like, 
yeah, like the uh, Batgirl movie that just got canceled for a lot of reasons. Yeah, it was like said and done. I think they said they had like two months worth of like CGI left on it, and that mm-hmm. was it. But like everything, like all the scenes were shot and mm-hmm. rendered and yeah. finished. Um, like yeah, whole movie is just fucking up and vanish. Yeah. So I think that might be a, another interesting topic mm-hmm. to possibly go down. But that's at least all the new stuff I have. You got anything else to share with our lovely listeners? Other than a handful of trailers that came out, um, which was like Children of the Corn, yeah. which looks fantastic. Someone made an independent movie about uh, um, Don't Go Back to Oz, and it was the story of Dorothy meeting her granddaughter and her granddaughter asking what the fuck, where she disappeared mm. and asking her and Dorothy's fucking crazy now so it's like a horror movie <laughs> so it, it looks interesting but I'm just like it looks so low budget just enough that it'd be a cool independent movie right it's no Pooh Bear in the Woods killing, <laughs> killing motherfuckers but you never know suffocating Christopher Robin and just shut the fuck up shut the fuck up that's what he does <laughs> shut the fuck up shut the fuck up Tigger just watching in the distance yeah, like, like he's choking some girl out by the lake. You know, some real children of Bodom type shit. You know what I'm saying? You're doing the weather for thinking about tigers. No. I'm the only one. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our main topic where we talk about our favorite YouTubers. That's right. Internet's taken over. Fucking dinosaurs be damned. We're not watching regular network television anymore. Honestly, the future's now, old man. Honestly, yeah. It's like some of the stuff on YouTube is better than shit on fucking streaming right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm absolutely playing it up and being funny, but like, there's a lot of truth to that. Network television genuinely is dying. My dad uh, has actually gone and started watching YouTube quite a bit now because he's kind of, you know, I was at the house the other day and we were. The majority of stuff we were watching was on YouTube. Um, I see it all the time because me and him have the same account, so it's so it's a mismatch of what the fuck's on my list. Because he's like, you've seen me scroll. I was gonna say, you, you, I think about like two or three people share your account, but the the most odd one out is um, one of your young nieces, I believe. Yeah, both of them uh, watch YouTube on my account, so it's, <laughs> yes. it's either it's and either, they're like in the single digit ages. Yeah, so, so like, they're watching like, like a ton of kids. Shit. Yeah, like ABC Go and shit like that. So they're watching that. My dad's watching like true like mafia stuff and like boxing and football stuff, and I'm watching conspiracy stuff. So whoever's watching my algorithm has no idea what to recommend me anything, and it's <laughs> actually and it's hard just, to it's hard for me to watch stuff on YouTube right now because I'm just like I have nothing to watch because it's all children and mafia shit. <laughs> I know it's like if you just leave your autoplay on for too long, it'll be just like you know the story of Jimmy Hoffa, and then all right, kids, we'll yeah. learn our ABCs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like. Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty weird how the algorithm works out, and I need to set up one for themselves. And they've started watching some stuff on the streaming services themselves. I think uh, my dad had mentioned they'd watched Wednesday, and he's talking about oh, that's fucking weird. And it's like it is, it is if you're not expecting that. But they watched it. And it's for children, so yeah. so yeah, it's, it just pops up kind of weird on like my watch list or watch it again. I'm like, I didn't watch that. <laughs> and my friend Christy, she shares a lot of my stuff too. So, so she's, she watches a lot of shit and she's like, don't judge me. I'm like, I'm judging. <laughs> oh, I'm judging. I'm judging. But I do, I don't know. It is pretty interesting. And another example of just kind of how network television is dying. Um, 
the rise and fall of G4 recently. Yeah. Um, sure, there there was definitely some internal things that helped kind of push that along to the end. But even before any sort of, you know, fan backlash or host problems, what have you, this isn't the episode to discuss it, whatever the case may have been, the numbers even before then were not great. See, like G4, you know, even when it was on regular television, seemed like such a niche channel. Like, Music channels, we grew up with MTV 1 and 2, VH1, VH1 Classics, Fuse. Everybody misses Fuse. <laughs> but, like, those were, like, those are five music channels, you know? Yeah. And then you had ESPN 1, 2, The Ocho, fucking Sports Center and stuff like that. And then you had your network, USA, TBS, TNT, Fox, FX, uh, Comedy Central and stuff like that. But G4 was so fucking niche that there was no companion channel to compete with. It seemed like... If it was just YouTube, just fucking YouTube, they would dominate the shit out of that. And why they went network baffled me for the longest reason. I'm just like, that stupid as shit. So I, I see where they were going with it. So, for instance, if you pull up Pluto TV, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times that's what uh, a lot of bars and stuff will use because it's just free network television. Yeah, King of the Hill 24-7. Exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of channels dedicated toward YouTube videos where it's kind of like a knockoff funniest home videos channel where it's like constantly showing animal funny videos and fails and shit yeah. like that. Cats and, and pugs getting along. Next one is how to make home tattoos with crack a box. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also channels dedicated to YouTube streamers. Yeah. So they were taking the concept of let's meet in the middle. When G4 was launched, it was basically YouTube on television. You had commentators, game reviewers, people talking about random things that happened on the internet. All of a sudden, it's just on television. Well, now, with where the landscape is, we'll hit both. We'll create content for our YouTube channel, which will funnel people to the network channel, or the network channel will funnel people into our YouTube and our Twitch channels. Mm -hmm. So they were really trying to hit it on both sides. I think the problem just kind of wound up laying where they put too much faith in the terrestrial TV market of it all. And there was not a lot of brands and sponsorships that were willing to back it quite yet. The only sponsor they really got was Dr. Pepper and Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two commercials you ever saw on that channel. But like it just seems like you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but like when you had brought it up when they had came back, I was like, so like okay, they're, they're on YouTube. They got a fucking channel now. I'm just like, that's that's fine. Because I hadn't watched G4 in a very long time, but it seemed like, all right, cool. You can bring back Code Monkeys and stuff like that. You know, stuff I liked. No. No, that is, it's, I'm not a fan of that format of television anyway, that, the way they had it. But like, if I was to watch a little bit of it, tell me what, tell me about this and I'm going to switch the channel. And it seemed like they didn't have that. Um, I liked that they paired up with the WWE guys. You know, they, you know, it really brought them in the forefront of another, you know, criterion of audiences. They were funny. They had a good time. They had a good, like, cohesion, you know. Well, it's because a lot of those wrestlers are also video game Yeah, but, like, that, that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it brought a little bit of cohesion to the group. And the fact that it wasn't promoted heavier on YouTube, I guess. Like, if I'm watching uh, Did You Know Gaming or uh, – game theory or something like that and recommended it's not there i'm not going to watch it unless someone tells me about it so algorithm wise while they're not heavy on youtube to begin with 
I think probably really killed it because uh, not everyone's going to switch between Twitch and YouTube, Twitch and YouTube. You know, Twitch is a very singular model. Uh, if I'm going to watch Twitch, I'm going to watch someone like Hammer or my cousin. You know, I'm going to watch those guys. But I'm not going to watch them for anything else. Like I, I hate to say it like, that way, but like that's what I'm there to see. You know, let me see the new horror game that Hammer's playing. Let me see, you know, what kind of RPG my cousin's got. You know, but and YouTube, I'm looking for broad spectrum fucking entertainment. And G4 had that, and yeah. why they st- went back to network television baffles the fuck out of me when they could just do what every other youtube streamer was doing like halfway through the fucking conversation being like this episode is brought to you by cream soda dr pepper and the new philly steak cheese fucking pizza hut or some shit you know well and see they were trying to do both at the exact same time though so if that, you that's so problem so they were re-airing things on their terrestrial network television but if you wanted to see it live you could watch it on youtube or twitch in real time and interact with all of the shows whether it be x play attack of the show xyz and i got personally very excited for the idea of the terrestrial channel Mm -hmm. because i remember just like i don't know i still get nostalgia for thinking back on like i couldn't find anything on television to put on fucking i'm just putting on adult swim because even if i'm not interested in the main show the little bumpers in between and the small segments are going to be interesting and entertaining and it's something nice to put on in the background I was kind of hoping that G4 was going to kind of scratch that itch again where it's like, you know, I'm not necessarily interested in this gameplay right now, but you know what? In 30 minutes is going to be something different. And you know what? Which furthers our conversation along. The network was genuinely trying. They were getting other shows on the TV network that were other YouTubers. Like there was this kid named Kit Bodega that did scam baiting. And they were yeah. going to take his scam bait calls and animate them, kind of like Crank Yankers or Code Monkeys. This mm. new kind of a new thing on that. And of all people that deserved a network television show, he finally got it, and it got stricken away from him, which was Scott the Waz. Yeah. Scott got his YouTube show as a syndicated TV show where they would show like two or three segments of his YouTube videos per episode and it'd be like a variety show. It had like brand new bumper cards explaining what the episode mm-hmm. was going to be and swipe transition. Hey all Scott here. And it would be like three of those episodes as one block on the yeah. G4 network television. And I'm just like, yes, this makes me so happy. I remember watching this kid when he was, you know, celebrating, you know, specific, you know, subscriber milestones and, holy shit now he's on tv this is so cool immediately yanked so i just was hoping that they would maybe go a little bit further with it you know there's i think there's a bunch of youtubers that kind of deserve that wider audience to, mm. to be seen just unfortunately that channel just did not give it well i think that i think the problem with that net with network television which makes youtube kind of great is the oversaturation of terrible shit yeah like there's so much reality tv it oversaturates compelling television that comes on sometime after six o'clock in the evening yeah so like if you're at like a hospital or doctor's office it's always either some breakfast morning talk show or fucking reality tv and i'm just like it bothers the shit out of me and i like the like we'll talk about it when i talk about my favorite youtubers you know some people who are doing reality shit but it's not really scripted you could tell they've 
cut some parts here. You know, they're editing themselves. You know, they're doing, you know, and that's a hard thing to do. You know that you edit these episodes. To edit yourself is a harder thing to do than hiring someone to do it. And you see the kind of realism in it. And if they make mistakes and you can actually contact these people about their mistakes and they'll acknowledge you and or they'll delete you. Or, you know, <laughs> they'll so, block you. They'll block you. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it, 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 it's there. You know, I can't turn on fucking the history channel. I mean, like, hey, I was watching this thing about, you know, North Carolina and the Civil War. And then all of a sudden it's gator people. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck, history channel? What, what the fuck? I don't give a fuck about these gator people like, or, or the, the aliens built everything, which fucking pseudoscience out the ass anyway. Uh, but because of that, I think YouTube is such, I will say, more wholesome in quality like there there are youtubers we watch that are very wholesome compared to standardized television now and i think that's the great thing about youtube as a pro there are some cons about youtube there's definitely some cons but but you know at, at the end of the day if i'm watching them and they're making money good for them and honestly man i think i've kind of been drawn more toward YouTube because honestly, you can find whatever format of a TV show you liked watching as a show on YouTube. Like, there are some very talented people creating like bang up like TV quality stuff on YouTube. The one that I can immediately think of is the best goddamn morning show that's ever existed, which is Good Mythical Morning. Yeah, it's a fun it's a fun show. Yes, and exactly what you're talking about wholesome characters. It's like Rhett and Link are extremely wholesome. It's like you watch it and you smile and you laugh. And, and if you and if it's you even want- more than like regular Good Morning America. Those motherfuckers can be like snotty and rude and no, like, like bitchy. But like even in that, even with that if you wanted something a little bit more edgier, they have Good Mythical Morning at Night or whatever it's fucking called. Yeah, well, yeah, they'll do a yearly special, the uh, Good Mythical Evening, where it's yeah. like they'll do adult-centered content. Yeah, so and it's like it's, and it's and it's quality stuff. And the like I said again, like the stuff on regular television is hit or miss unless it's a bigger network like FX or AMC, which are basically HBO Light. Yeah, you know, so those guys are making quality television. You know. Story. Your regular network shit? No, there ain't nothing on network TV worth watching. Nothing, nothing. And that's, I'm surprised PBS hasn't really pulled and gone full YouTube. Like the way the public broadcasting service is. I know why it exists. It's for education and stuff like that. But it could go so much further if they integrated with other learning type guys like Kurtz Kurgott, which is another favorite youtube channel which is or info is it the info channel which is the animated stories of all kinds of shit like hey how did how did the world trade center get built or how did this how was this done and you know if pbs was to pay them under the public service public uh, broadcasting service that would be massive for them that honestly would man that's a good idea so like if you were to take those guys who make education interesting you know that aren't all about fucking aliens but like and push them toward network television or put take that network and just take it off the fucking television and put it on YouTube. And YouTube's free. The app is free still. You have to watch an ad, but this, guess what? It's still less ads than television. And it's like, holy fuck, there are a lot of ads on television. Dude, I forget how much uh, television ads there are because uh, my girl every so often like put on uh, just a regular television. Um, through Her folks have a YouTube TV, so she'll mm. put on the TV through that. Dude, 
and I'm interested because I never watch network television like that anymore. But like, it's genuinely five minutes of ads. Ten but you minutes. can't skip. Yeah, and I'm like, holy fuck! <laughs> like, if if I could, you know, if I would, you know, cancel one service, I, I would probably pay for YouTube premium to not watch ads but yeah honestly it's so worth it i know dude. but like you know i know a lot of those guys are getting ad revenue on top of ad revenue and stuff like that but, but they get that uh, they get more if you're a subscriber yeah. yeah so and that's why i click like and subscribe like they ask, they ask oh, i'm a uh, youtube yeah. subscriber I, I know but like if they tell me to like it subscribe i'm going to do it <laughs> <laughs> hey everyone listen to the show make sure you like and subscribe to our the thing on your favorite podcast network um podcast proprietor provider there we go you can just, or I, I really like it a more Instead of like and subscribe, a letter writing campaign to Betty Crocker. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get some cake mixes up in here. Come on. I like red velvet. If they send us a cease and desist order, I'd, I'd feel accomplished. <laughs> get that shit framed, bro. Epoxy that to the table. Yeah. <laughs> look, look what I did. <laughs> and man, I remember growing up and one of my other favorite uh, TV stations was the Food Network. Yeah. I love turning on the Food Network, watching an Alton Brown or a, a young Anthony Bourdain before he had no reservations, Emerald Lagasse, and then they even had shit like Unwrapped, where you got like taken into the factories to see how like, cornflakes or M&Ms were made. Dude, they have so many of those YouTube channel now, mm. including like uh, Mythical Kitchen, mm. Binging with Babish, uh, Maddie Matheson. Yeah. All these great and different yeah. kind of cooking personalities online to where you can find the personality and the style that you like and roll with I it. Think, I think the cooking personalities on YouTube are more compelling than what Food Network ever had. I don't know. Alton Brown was the shit. Alton Brown's fine, but I, I put them against, you know, Josh and fucking babish and stuff like that you know these guys keep in mind babish is an amateur technically josh from mythical kitchen is a professional chef in a way he has professional training and but at the end of the day these two amateurs when they get together especially on their you know coercive and that's the thing about youtube that network television can never do is the crossover co crossover and cohesion of other youtubers um i saw uh the recently mythical kitchen uh brought in a girl um who was on roll 20 which is another D, D thing and she was with brendan lee mulligan doing a D, &D campaign i'm like i didn't know her from anything else and then i saw her on mythical kitchen i'm just like wow you guys pulled from a D, &D character like person and i'm like oh it's it's and she it turns out she's like a amateur chef and they played a game. Guess who isn't the chef? You know, so, so and that's a compelling game. You know, two two professionals versus one amateur, and one person sits down, tastes everything, and says, "Nah, this is fake as fuck. Like this ain't real. This is like amateur cooking." Yeah. And, and guess what? Josh lost, and it was fantastic. <laughs> but like, but like, so much cohesion and cooperativeness on a large scale a great version of this is john tron when he was talking about the mountain dew thing and how they got fucked over and all these guys i'm just like that would have been hilarious if you all did it by yourselves but you guys talking about it each from each perspective on each channel lets me get the whole story so and then you got breakdowns of stuff that is actually interesting from other people hey hey you want to talk about nostalgia television i don't need a reality show about it i could just watch these guys like, or I could have these guys talk about reviews of your shitty stuff, like Chris James talking about Milf Manor or fucking um, Fix My Truck or whatever the fuck it's called, you know, or 
lizard lick towing you know reviewing this trash television we love <laughs> and we watch it from afar yeah but but also it's kind of a critique you know this is how this, this is this is this is the fall end of TLC or A and E and stuff like that, and it's not good television. It's not you're promoting you're promoting bad shit just to see more bad shit. You know, yeah. It's like throwing coal on the fire. I'm like, oh my god, there's a fire, and throwing more fucking coal on it, and being like, <laughs> oh my god, what will we do? We <laughs> got to put this. Bitch. This is a show about how we need to stop the fire while they're adding kindling to the fire. So. It's it's terrible television, all in all. Uh, Billiam does a great version of this yes. one. And another favorite YouTube guy, he talks about how Discovery makes faux documentaries now that look too real, and now people think dragons and mermaids exist, and it's yeah. just fucking infuriating. <laughs> and that the Megalodon is still somewhere out yeah, there. Yeah, it's goddamn infuriating. And you go from education, you know, and that's a genuine idea, education, and it falls into the cracks of shame. It really does. And South Park talks about that. In great shame. <laughs> the History Channel, where the history is the past. <laughs> and, and it's aliens. <laughs> but, yeah, so going into some of our YouTube guys, like, when we talk about pop culture and stuff, like Mr. Sunday Movies. Oh, God, yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic reviews. And they... You know, when we talk about what we think is going to happen on a movie and stuff, they are the perfect ones at it because they'll acknowledge, like, hey, remember that dumbass idea I had? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was fucking wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they acknowledge that as opposed to some of these uptight motherfuckers who talk about, you know, like, I, um, Emergency Awesome is the only other guy I know on YouTube that talks about how he's like, hey, this is what I think is going to happen, but let's wait and see. And he's going by the trailer and stuff like that. And he's like, I, he, but when he talks about stuff that's going to happen in the movie, he always prefaces it with, well, I really hope they do this and I hope they do that. And then when it happens, he's just like, hey, man, the movie was fantastic. You know, uh, I'm sad they didn't do this, but, you know, they did this instead. And, it really mellows out the content as opposed to some stupid shit like I see on television where it's like, next week on Dance Moms, one of the moms chokes their own daughter. And it's just like, what? What? And you're, you're bitching about drag shows? And you're talking about tiaras and toddlers or whatever the fuck it's called? These kids are whoring. These parents are whoring out their daughters. And yeah. you're bitching about this dude in drag. <laughs> really? Get the fuck out of here. Well, and that's also the other thing about YouTube. So, as we mentioned, there's like a bunch of pros, but a few of the cons would be. So, as you were mentioning, like uh, the reviewers, man, I thoroughly enjoy Emergency Awesome, uh, New Rock Stars, um, Mr. Sunday Movies. All these people don't have a problem saying if they didn't care for an aspect of a movie. They mm. were, they're not going to say that every single movie that they watch and review that it's perfect and that it's great. But they also don't go on these long tirades of like insulting the character or the actor or the producer, director, mm -hmm. the media coverage of it. I mean, some of these people get the biggest hard on boners just insulting these movies. A, big, a great example is a guy named Critical Drinker. Um, I'd watch some of his videos back in the day, and uh, the guy who made, who basically created everything wrong with, yeah, the nostalgia critic and stuff. He's a piece of shit. Uh, but these guys would go on these rants about why you shouldn't watch them, and it's just like, but you watched it, all of it, actually. 
And, and enough to create content and make revenue from it. Yeah, I think you're a piece of shit, you drunk asshole. <laughs> and your four-eyed friend over here who thinks everything sucks, I think he's just mad because he doesn't get laid. <laughs> like, I really do. Like, I think these guys are fucking dumbasses who, like, I understand if you have a point. But if you're just, like, getting shit-faced and being the drunk uncle at the Christmas party, you know what I'm saying? Like, if that's your niche, it's a terrible niche. <laughs> like, I... I've discovered a lot of these guys that we're kind of referring to that I call the hate boner guys. Mm. Uh, I discovered a little pocket of them during watching She-Hulk. Yeah. Because while I'm feeling a little confused and like, eh, I don't think I really like this show, what I'll also do is go to my favorite app, YouTube, and look up some breakdown videos. Mm. Maybe I just don't understand the story of She-Hulk well enough and there's some interesting things happening that I just don't follow. Let me look it up. And in the process of looking that up, I see all these hate videos for it. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm not alone. Maybe some other people just aren't the biggest fans of this series. Click it. This abomination of a TV show that Marvel woke MCU is creating. The She-Hulk. Yeah. She's the most uh, irrehensible, the biggest slut. And I'm like, holy fuck, you got all that from a 20-minute fucking show for, like, teenagers? What? <laughs> like, you're taking this a little too seriously. And, like, the Velma series, I genuinely did not like it. Mm. I, I was not a fan. But listening to people, like, personally attacking Mindy Kaling and saying that, like, she's pushing agendas and, like, they don't care about storytelling and that all of this is just like a way to make money i'm just like no they just had a stupid premise of a show with like some bad writing like there's a lot of those out there you just happen to have watched this one yeah <laughs> that guy's like you know you'll bitch about that but i didn't hear you say a goddamn word about any of these thousands of reality shows that came out yeah that are pushing people to the extreme and ruining people's lives like we mentioned it a few episodes ago milf manor that yeah. blew my fucking hat off i'm like you've got to be fucking joking me yeah even chris james had to do two episodes about it yeah really. it's just like even he was just like what the fuck he even said he even said uh, when he did that uh, trick my truck he's like oh yeah i decided to take a fucking break and watch this instead <laughs> it's just like it's, it's and it's you know good <laughs> it's good yeah but you know, go to some of the other YouTube guys. You know, um, I don't know if you watch them, but the uh, I wouldn't really say like like I guess it's like bushcraft videos. The guys who go out in the woods and build shit and are very practical about what they're building. One guy, he's really big into like camping and stuff like that. He's like Corporal's Corner, but there was one guy out of fucking nowhere. Um, primitive technology it was a white guy and a gopro he never said a fucking word he had a little bit of music playing in the background but he would build these huts out of sticks and leaves and mud and it was phenomenal much better than man versus wild or survivor or, yeah, yeah. he's crap. not drinking his own piss <laughs> he's not hanging out with someone with different political viewpoints naked in the woods so like <laughs> and he's not using tricky camera angles <laughs> yeah yeah like like some of the other ones do and it's compelling you know, and he and he made a book about it, and I bought the book because I watched his YouTube channel, and that's another thing. Like Benjamin with Babish, I um, I was going to buy his book, but I got didn't get the chance to. Uh, but going into his, like he's doing great shit. Hey, you remember that show Frasier? Remember that one thing they made? 
let's see what it looks like. Let's or, see what it tastes like. Let's see what it tastes like. Or uh, Parks and Rec when he does the four uh, four meats of the egg porkalypse. Like <laughs> that's that's fascinating to uh-huh. me. And, and then he's just like, I know you've always wondered what chef's salty balls taste like. Yeah, so we're, we're gonna we're gonna, gonna try. Them. <laughs> Put them in your mouth and suck them. Uh, and you know we watch these and there's in other people didn't use them i would justify me canceling all my streaming services just to watch youtube i would like it's 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 enough of the stuff uh, another guy that's on youtube that a reviewer but he's not reviewing in a negative or positive light he's just laying it out there was well, found flicks uh indian explained you know it's like hey i watched i went to the movies and watched megan it was something and then he talks about the movie shows you know clips from the trailers and talks about plot points and endings and stuff like that and that's all i want to see when it comes to review if you do anything other than that you're not reviewing you're being a dick (laughs) okay like i don't need your opinion just tell me what happens you know if if in the intro you've been like holy fuck i saw this one movie on shutter it it was shutter you know so it's not going to be super fucking it's not gonna be triple a yeah it's not gonna be triple a but if you tell me the thing i'm like okay now i'm invested it's like extended trailers almost but it's it's like me describing a movie to you you know let me tell you what happened here here and here and then you go watch the movie it's like holy shit you know like that happened and these other review guys are just fucking awful they really are And, and but again that's the lovely thing about youtube is you know okay let's take even a completely separate kind of topic we hadn't talked about yet conspiracies oh god okay even just that word there are so many different styles Mm. brands versions from your windigoon talking about you know whether it be your you know deep wood cryptids and shit (laughs) like that all the way up to someone like matt pat that looks at a video game and goes hey you know that little frame that seems really weird I can tell you why. I got a conspiracy. I'm Matt yeah. Pat, and I recently moved to North Carolina, and I'm a fucking psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like you know, in when you got those guys, you know, and it gets, you know, the hard thing about conspiracies is when you're watching stuff like YouTube, you know, people are doing basically two things. They're either doing uh, quick, simple videos that are under 20 minutes, which are great, um, or two hour long dissertations. Well, like the longest one I've watched was uh, Wendigoon has a nine hour and 10 minute uh, iceberg of conspiracies. And he's not breaking down all of them individually. Like he's spending five minutes on each one at each stage and it's basically a compilation because you see it change clothes constantly because <laughs> it's a nine hour goddamn video it probably took him two months to fucking shoot it but you know because he took the time to watch it or, or time to do it i'm going to watch it multiple times and someone like wendigoon deserves his own television show but youtube is basically a television channel it is and it's the best television channel Anything and everything is on YouTube, just about. On demand. On demand. And if I, if I got to sit there and watch a 30-second commercial, fine. Guess what? It's probably going to be tailored to me. I will say I'm pretty sure my goddamn phone listens to me when I say shit because there's stuff I've never looked up that shows up as a commercial I'm going to fucking see. <laughs> and like it bothers the piss out of me, but that's another conspiracy. I can make content out of it. What I love is uh, I recently did the adult thing and filed my taxes. It's in, as soon as I, fin- I logged out of Tax Act, 
went straight to Facebook. The first ad I saw was for Tax Act. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, God damn, you guys are fast. It's it was, like, immediately target me. I've already done it, bitch. <laughs> I was literally in a Lowe's, and I bought a tape measure and a level. That's all I bought. Um, then I get on YouTube. Now, I never said anything about going to Lowe's. I didn't use a card when I went to Lowe's. I didn't look up Lowe's on my motherfucking phone. I didn't use a like I said I didn't pay you cash. Did, you didn't use GPS to get there. No. Okay. No, my location is turned off when I'm not at work, so my phone doesn't know where the fuck I'm at unless I press that little button. I'm walking to a Lowe's in the little town of Trapman, buy the shit, paid cash, get home last night, fucking turn on goddamn YouTube, and they're talking about the new Makita from Lowe's, and I'm just like. You've got to be fucking shitting me. Like it was just like <laughs> YouTube knows all. YouTube knows all, and like it, it, it's reading my brain. <laughs> and like that's another that's another conspiracy that I'm pretty sure is true. That it reads my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> but man, that that is really the great thing about YouTube. Is so like when we were talking about earlier with like terrestrial regular network television, you know, and you were drawing down the comparisons of you know we had all our different music channels, all our different sports mm-hmm. channels, and how G4 was kind of the outlier. There was really nothing to pair next to other than the other weird fringe television stations well now all of a sudden you have tons of weird fringe youtube channels sometimes channels i mean there are channels dedicated to the most niche thing like i'm going to ride every single roller coaster on this planet take the journey with me okay cool uh, you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna travel around everywhere and have one dish in every major city come with me yeah. <laughs> and now you get to so so many weird niche things. I finally, finally found a search term to use on YouTube, and there's no videos of it yet. All and as soon as I say this now, there's going to be someone that does it, but that's part of the reason I'm saying it. I've played enough Mario Kart and played enough video games to know that you can mod a game and change the camera angle mm-hmm. and follow specific assets as they move around a screen. Yeah. I want the view of a green shell or a red shell after you fire it. Yeah. I want to be the shell. Take me on that journey. Someone needs to make this and no fucking nerd on YouTube has created a shell cam. <laughs> I think that's just because of how fucking hard it would be i don't care god yeah. damn it this one person in charlotte north carolina wants to see the video so some nerd needs to pack in a couple weeks worth of work to make that a reality for me so i can share it on in my discord and go hey guys that would be this. a great that would be a great thing for a phrase a catchphrase for youtube think about it and you'll find it yeah <laughs> like like as a weird fucked up thing as like as creepy as that would sound if you know it's like a self-affirmation if you believe it it will exist and it's just like holy shit uh, but like but we go back to g4 their counterparts on youtube are vast you know you talked about scott the Waz. you know not just scott the Waz, but you had game theory you had uh angry what, video game nerd and, john chon game grumps yeah uh Game Grumps, uh, Angry Video Game Nerd, uh, that um, reviews. He was another guy who did great reviews because not only was he just angry, he wasn't angry because of the content. He was angry as a niche, as a character. He's playing a person. He's not It's very clearly comedy. Yeah. And at the end of the fucking videos, and this is what people that, from what I understand, there was some shit that happened with him. Like He got a lot of backlash. 
I think a lot of that backlash came from people who never watched the fucking show where at the end of every video, he's just like, well, at the end of the day, this helped Data East create this or LGN, you know, they finally, you know, went under blah, 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 because they made terrible games. And, you know, it goes on to this and he kind of tells like a parable going on into it and it works out. Yeah. And he talked about that little Robbie the Robot for fucking Nintendo, and it was fucking fantastic. <laughs> and he would go on these rants, and he was the first one to do collab videos with other guys at that time. And they ended up creating like almost a network of fucking uh, video game reviewers. Um, but they, in the grand scheme of things, the older YouTube guys, you know, dying out or probably just stopping. And then you get your new people in, and some of the new people are fantastic at what they do. Um, and I think that's what TikTok kind of takes away from it in like Snapchat or Instagram mainly is like you get these little shorts, and okay, now the bigger ones are doing those too to kind of grab me back into their channel. Mythical Kitchen does them. Mythical Kitchen has probably one of the best real ones of us. It was uh, um, Josh is sitting at a desk on the phone. And the guy comes in and like pours Cheeto balls on him, and he's like, "I was on the phone with fucking Sony." And fucking throws that shit. It <laughs> <laughs> like loses his goddamn mind. And for a second, just for a brief second, I thought it was real, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like that guy's gonna lose his job. He was fucking hilarious. But well, but that also kind of falls back to why YouTube is actually such a good app is they notice that these TikTok, Instagram Shorts, and Reels is very relevant people Mm -hmm. are very much tuning into these all right cool while you're scrolling that front page we're gonna recommend some shorts for you and what's cool about and then you're gonna fall into that hole you you were originally gonna be looking for a long form video but the short caught your attention now you're scrolling we've caught you in the feed oh now we're just gonna keep showing you more of the funny ones because we've noticed that you stayed for the duration of this video so you know what in three videos we're going to show you another one from this channel and you're going to stop again. Yeah. And another thing I like is I can, which you can't do on network television, if I see something new, okay, it popped up on the algorithm. Let's put it on and it starts playing and they're doing something I really don't fucking like. I can click that three dots. Do not recommend this bullshit again. Yes! <laughs> I've done that so many times, And dude. you could do that with the ads as well. Now, they do... I, my favorite ad YouTube has is, take this quick survey. Yes! <laughs> and it's just like, fuck no. And it's just like, bye. <laughs> Don't get in the way of my viewings. Yeah, try harder. <laughs> but, like, uh, some of the... some. Some of the other favorite YouTube guys uh, was um, more educational ones. Um, um, There is one that's kind of taken the place of the History Channel on the YouTube end. Um, And they do these breakdowns, like uh, full full story breakdowns on single individuals in history. And they're fantastic. Um, It started with a Nazi one. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Of course. Uh, Popped up on my feet. I got to watch it. (laughs) but, uh, But it was very well done. And another thing about what I guess what some people don't realize is you'll get these one off YouTuber channels, very small. They don't promote. They don't do anything. And what they're showing you is an old VHS of something that was educational on television. Like my parents were watching that was one called the 1930s and it was a breakdown of the 1930s and 1940s. And you could tell this was a VHS that was playing that was recorded over something that was old television that the commercials were kind of cut out. And I'm like, those guys that do that 
are doing great work. Yeah. Because it's lost media and you can basically erase that subject from from you know the algorithm is just lost media because it's not lost anymore. Now it's permanently on here. And see, and that's another subset of YouTube that I fall into hard. It's all these mm. guys uh, talking about all the lost media being found. And some of the stuff, I mean, half of it does not interest me. But, I mean, it is captivating. And you know it's captivating if I'll sit and listen to a 30-minute video talking about how they were able to find the specific game from the 60s that seemed to have been lost to time. Mm. And it's like, do I give two shits about football? No. But the discovery of this footage is very fascinating. Yeah. Uh, another thing that a lot of people, I guess, don't really use YouTube for is the news. Uh, I use it for that. Um, but you have other uh, other content creators who do the news in a way that's compelling. It's not opinionated. They state the facts, and then they go on to the next thing. Yeah. A perfect guy for this is Philip DeFranco. I one of the OGs. He is one of the OGs, and he's fantastic at what he does. Now, his sponsorship stuff can be a little spotty. Um, he had some trouble with the show, uh, with uh, BetterHelp. Uh, apparently, BetterHelp's got some weird fucking shit going on. But, but yeah, like he, if I wanted to learn something, like, and he'll put it in the thumbnail. The crew he's got, he's got a crew of people, you know. And that's really one reason I watch it. He has a crew of people, so I'm going to support him with that crew of people. Same yeah. with Benjamin with Babbage. He's got two little backup cooks in the back, you know, whipping <laughs> shit up to make it not look like trash when he's probably shaking from the night before from drinking too much. <laughs> fucking having a fucking stroke because he ate 12 eggs <laughs> covered in cheese and saffron. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, if you're going for a news kind of aspect, you can watch little clippets you know little snippets and bigger news networks are on youtube as well live for free and that's another part of youtube that's kind of fantastic it's like i don't need to go anywhere all i have to do is type it in the search bar or if the algorithm's right and it's not nothing but children shit mafia shit and conspiracies like mine <laughs> there'll be a fucking sub row of live stuff yep I can just click. If there's something important that's happened, guess what? YouTube's going to pop it up on there for you just in case you want to be in the know. You know, if a tragedy happens or something big news comes out. Yeah, here Court it is. Court case live Court. from the room. Yeah, live from the room. Like uh, Casey Anthony popped up on my YouTube thing for a long time because that court case was going on. And um, the place I worked at, uh, I never turned my phone on at work. And uh, I was walking by one of the televisions in the cafeteria. And I look up and it's Casey Anthony found innocent. I'm just like, what? And I was just like, holy shit, that's fucking nuts. And then, like, a few, a little while later, that same, sh you know, the Boston bombing happened. So it was like, holy shit. And YouTube's like filled with that shit. I remember waking up one morning and one of my roommates told me, hey, man, turn on the news part on YouTube. Turned it on and it was the fucking Vegas shooting. And I was just like, what the fuck? You know, so like, they're very good at giving you what you need to know. And then you got people who do tell the news perfectly. And it's someone like him. Yeah. And I really enjoy the way he does it because it's very like the old Walter Cronkite way. And that's the way it is. So thanks guys. <laughs> enjoy Dr. Pepper cream soda. <laughs>
Man, talking about the live TV feature, there for a couple years, I watched so many courtrooms, it was insane because it was like the Trump deposition, and then it was the social media stuff with Mark Zuckerberg, and then there was all the Alex Jones trials. Dude, I was watching so, and then, oh, uh, Anthony Podesta and all that shit. I was watching so many courtroom cases. I'm like, this is fascinating. And that's kind of like a kind of the weird thing about youtube is their terms and their terms and conditions is you can have someone like alex jones on Infowars in a channel like that um and i can't really say anything against it even though he is basically yelling fire in a theater kind of situation but at the end of the day it is up to the viewer to decide what they're watching right and that's the whole point of youtube you know it's not like network television where you have these channels and they're allowed to do this fucked up shit. So you have the FCC come in and been like, no, no, you can't do that. You can't do this, which is fine for network television. But YouTube with their terms and conditions kind of works itself out as well. It's, yeah. it, it is a little harsh. Uh, we've talked about it with their new terms and conditions. It's a little harsh nowadays. Can't but, say those dirty words. And that's fine. That's fine. It'll work itself out. Eventually, you know, there'll be a, back, a big enough backlash that, you know, more of your content-driven creators who are really supporting YouTube by themselves will help write the new terms and conditions. And that, I think that's another part of it that, that people don't realize is, like, you take your biggest, your biggest fucking stars on the fucking, basically, network, and you kind of lay out a plan that's kind of cohesive with those YouTube channels. Yeah. So you have someone like Windagoon, you know, who's got so many fucking subscribers compared to someone like Philip DeFranco. So you're going to look at, you know, DeFranco more than you're going to look at Windagoon because this guy's carrying the fucking thing. Because he's probably, probably if not one of the top five biggest YouTube guys. Oh, yeah. All there next to that weird Mr. Beast fella. <laughs> I've never watched a single video of his and it's weird as shit because like, he keeps popping up on other ones and I'm just like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> He's popular for just giving out a bunch of money. Yeah. It's like every every dollar he make brings in, he like donates it back out. Then he gets a tax break from it, brings that money back in, then redistributes it. I mean, he's no. he he's just the he's Willy a, Wonka of YouTube. Yeah, yeah, he's a Willy Wonka. That, that's well, Willy Wonka showed it showed kids terrible things and drowned a fat kid. <laughs> well, we don't know everything about Mr. Beast, but fun fact, he is from North Carolina. Oh, I'll be goddamn! <laughs> like seriously, the motherfuckers from North Carolina, home of home of the Venus flytrap and four different types of barbecue, Mister Beast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I am thoroughly like I'm happy with YouTube. Like yeah. I have no strong urge, especially now that Adult Swim isn't a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. G four folded. Yeah, Cartoon Network went out. Yeah, that's yeah. I I really have no desire to pick up any sort of cable package or network TV packages. Everything the, I need will be on HBO, Paramount, or YouTube. Uh, Netflix, Hulu, Disney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Sports Center, if that's your thing. Um, now, do you have like any niche, like oh. YouTube? Oh, bro. Come on. My, I got some all, niche ones. All, almost my entire feed is niche weird shit. My f- favorite weird thing to pull up is this uh it's this guy named technomon and okay got you porn do <laughs> i know it's really what it sounds like porn. but he's like this very proper englishman mm-hmm. and he just 
talks about old vintage gear okay. and like buys it online and it's just like all right well uh today we've got a uh very rare record player from the yada yada this is a victrola from 1928 <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's just like and i purchased it off this chap and uh supposedly it's this and the other blah 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 let's give it a test oh yeah there's no power coming to it here all right let's go ahead and crack it open see what we can do here it's like a re- restoration guy <laughs> yeah restoration or he'll just like buy old gear and be like so this is how this works have you ever seen a boom box with four tape decks on it well i've got one here let's take it out you know mm. and that kind of stuff or there's like this very flamboyant gay guy that will be like he will find the most minute random things to talk about and make an entire 30 minute video on it it's like not the guy a, that cooks is it no that guy's fucking hilarious he's very funny a, cho- uh, a tomato soup chocolate cake from 1928 it's just like and he's like oh god and he's just like making it it's just like this most disgusting menagerie. and then he eats it it's just like that's the best goddamn cake I've ever made in my fucking life. <laughs> no, this guy uh, has now made three videos annually talking about his distaste for Christmas light colors and how he's trying to create his own gels. Is so he, he autistic? Has, no, he has a very specific thing. He likes the 50s and 60s Christmas tree colors. Mm-hmm. And th- this is the weird nerdy shit he gets into. During the 50s, 60s, and 70s, light manufacturers were using specific pigmented colors for their lights. Mm-hmm. Eventually, there was a shift to a different brand and consumption and methodology of putting these colors onto the glass. Mm-hmm. Through that, the pigment colors changed. Yeah. And ever since then, he's not been happy with the pigment colors. It sounds like he has a sensory problem, like an autistic person would have. <laughs> and he's also made uh, two videos talking about how uh, dishwashers and the way they're constructed are actually some of the worst machines possible. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's definitely on the spectrum. <laughs> and uh, and the and but he actually had a video explaining why you need to put your dishwasher tab directly in the dishwasher instead of in the cup. And it works. Mm-hmm. It actually does work better because he semi-built a dishwasher with clear sides. Okay. And went, look at the water. <laughs> this is what it's doing. This is the cycle. When it says it's doing this, it's actually doing this. It's lying to you the whole time. Yes. Basically, he's like, now we can see what it's doing. Okay. So all of this washing has happened. This little f- tab isn't even awake yet it's not even in the system okay now it's in there and like it's almost at the end of the cycle and he's like look it's still at the bottom dissolving not all the soap isn't even like hitting all the dishes yet Mm. but watch this he just dunks it straight in then starts it and it's like within the first like wash cycle you already see the suds and like the dishes genuinely come out cleaner he's just like it's poor design why is this here it needs to be like this this and this on our next video we're going to talk about why there's ground uh, plugs on your outlets pretty soon he'll be living <laughs> pretty soon he'll just not come out of one room and there'll be from people from GE and say like that <laughs> open the fucking door you fucking fucking piece of shit <laughs> Now, one of the niche ones I watch is Kurskergat. Okay. Uh, Kurskergat is a very hard word to say. I only know how to say it because they say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but they they look at stuff on the scientific level. Um, they have a calendar that came out for the year 3028. Uh, and it's for the future. But like, it's, just, it's but that, that, that's how they are. And what they do is they, they bring in scientists, um, engineers, and stuff, and talk about things that what it would be like to get near a black hole or 
what it would be like to get past like how far can humanity go realistically if we were to understand this theory of science and um what physics would be like on another set of planets or galaxies because physics is you know just detrimental gravity so like that's all it is that's all they talk about and it's fascinating stuff and it's a cartoon and it's like if i was a teacher teaching like third grade or something it would be my schoolhouse rock all right kids gather around the television i'm drunk (laughs) so like you know what i'm saying like it's a schoolhouse rock version of that and it's very well done um they do a lot of like promotion material. I've given them the money before. I've sent. I've actually just donated money because that's what they do. Um, it works kind of like PBS, and they've been going strong for a very long time. Uh, but that's one of the more niche ones I watch, and other than the primitive technology guy. But there was one guy, and he's actually got on YouTube's nerves a lot. And I love this guy. It's, it's a corporal's corner. It's this old marine dude who fought in the Gulf, and he goes out camping. And he talks about different ways to go camping. Now, you think that's kind of dumb. But it's so much better than these reality shows of these assholes going into, like, the woods in, like, the Hamptons. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's literally in the woods talking about, like, hey, you know, I got this tent. We're going to test it out. He's testing out products, and he's buying the product. He's not sponsored by them, but he's actually buying the product. So he doesn't have this one-sided view of this thing he doesn't take sponsorships he takes donations he teaches he's a teacher and stuff like that he takes his kid along sometimes brings his dog and it's fantastic the stuff he does and he talks about hey we're going to dig a hole uh hey i want to spend 75 bucks at a walmart to buy camping supplies let's see how far we can get with these items and it's just like these are just some general items to have on you when you go on the road like when i go to west virginia i'm keeping some of those same items on me just because you want to be prepared in case you know you get stuck in fucking fayetteville fucking west virginia or some shit and And see and the thing that makes that channel probably really interesting to you isn't just the information they're providing but the hosts they're yeah. probably engaging you enjoy the way they do yeah. their delivery and you could tell like he's very amateurish on some of his stuff he pl- you could tell he brought probably popped up garage band and played some you know created some music to play in the background he does some really good shots of uh some areas you can tell he's really takes his time because he does one a week he does one episode a week um and you can tell he's invested himself. He's selling himself a lot. And I would love to see some guy like that or him himself just on network television. Show me that guy and don't show me the lady that hoards newspapers with 40 dead cats in her house. But I want to see that too. I want to see him fail. <laughs> but I don't want to see them succeed. But I mean, And the thing is, is, that's the other great thing about YouTube is sometimes you just wind up liking the content creator so much yeah. that you'll kind of follow them through their different things. And the mm-hmm. one that I can think of, uh, I can't think of his act wade his name is wade um but i found him because he created this weird niche youtube channel called dank pods Mm -hmm. where he was getting old ipod classics and stuff and then like doing the stupidest things with them like can i run doom on this ipod let's find out you can yeah let's put a three terabyte hard drive in this ipod oh that's not good enough let's put a four terabyte micro ssd in it okay well we're gonna do this we're going to make it backlit. And then he started creating his own kind of universe on the table. Mm. So it's like if he was trying out like a bootleg iPod, he like inside the iPod wound up being this brand of a battery called a puck cell. 
And that just tickled him. He thought that was hilarious. He's like, Puxel, Puxel, that's weird. Like, takes it off, puts it on the desk. So now, like, if he's, like, putting something on and he moves his always he's like oh my puck cell and like moves it back so it's like now he's creating this Mm -hmm. whole thing within it and then all of a sudden he gets up all this youtube fame he gets a little bit more money starts a second channel called the car thing where he literally just buys what he calls nuggets which are just bullshit junker cars buys nuggets and like fixes them up just for the hell of it and he's absolutely amateur at it he has no watched an episode where he was just like what side of the car looked okay, but then he like back. He like took the camera back and turned around. He's like, "Oh my god, uh-huh. that is a fucking monstrosity of a vehicle." Yeah, and it's like he doesn't want to fix up the outside mm. or any of that. He just wants to make it run, and he wants to drive the really weird bad car. Yeah, he wants to make it a bomber. That's what's called. It's called a bomber. Like, yeah. It's like a souped up car underneath, but it looks like trash on the outside. Yep. And then he was like, "Fuck it." I'm actually a drummer by trade. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start a drum channel where I just talk about the most weird niche drum things possible. And that's another thing uh, about YouTube is, you know, I'm not a musician, but some of the people who are vested in not just talking about musicians or just talking about, like, there's one guy who talks about decades in music, his ball guy glasses, and he's like, here's this song that started off as a practice riff that ended up becoming ACDC's biggest fucking song, and it's just like, the story of Back in Black, and it's just like, <laughs> god damn, that's a fucking cool story, but you also got these guys uh, who talk about you know, the instruments themselves and what makes the theremin a theremin, you know, I opened my mind and this is what I found. (laughs) Or why is this Gibson guitar so cheap? And let's see what we can do to make it sound the way we want it to. So they'll take it apart, add stuff to it, take stuff away. And it's like, if, if I wanted to learn how to play guitar, I could very well do it on YouTube. And, you know, if cap cap could teach guitar on YouTube, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But like, we know people who could do these things and it's great seeing you know strangers do it but it also gives you that sense of i could probably talk my friend up into doing something like this or talk myself into doing something like this because my idea for youtube channel is horrible mine was buy nice expensive nerd shit and shoot it with a shotgun yes (laughs) (laughs) Mm, look at this brand new funko pop of Ace Fraley with no makeup. Mm. Hey, Alex, check this out. Kabam! What are you doing, man? What are you doing? Yeah, what am I doing? Yeah, what am I doing? Hey, I got this 1992 copy of Star Wars on VHS. It's not fucking special edition. Mm. Cap, bring me my blowtorch. I'm creating a false economy. All right, calm down, DK oldies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, that, 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 you know, that, they haven't made that channel yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm telling you, man, as soon as Betty Crocker hits us up with that sponsor money. I'm hitting up the Funko Pops, man. I'm blowing them the fuck up. <laughs> mm, and just like, psh, a fucking ghost energy. Mm, this would be really nice if it was made Snickers flavored. <laughs> <laughs> Well, folks in the Discord, I want you to tell us what some of your favorite YouTube channels are. It used to be YouTube was considered the place for cat memes and, you know, bloggers. Thank 
now we got a wide array of different motherfuckers making content and honestly like you said i'll be watching youtube right after this (laughs) everyone your brother and your daddy and your mama be watching youtube at this point so tell us some of your favorite content creators if it's a music guy like pat finnerty and what makes this song stink or kanye west losing his mind (laughs) yeah or or if you're a big news guy and there's another news guy other than philip defranco that you like watching let us know in the comments let us know in the discord um Give us some new recommendations, man. I mean, who knows? And we'll throw out a couple of our favorites. Um, We'll make it a big old fun invite. And while you're in there, share some memes, share some recipes, all that good shit. It's YouTube videos and all the damn channels it winds up being. Even the meme channel winds up being YouTube shorts. So as much as we may kind of shit on YouTube, especially in some of the past episodes, you know. It It is the best channel. (laughs) It's it's like your brother. You, You love your brother, but sometimes he just makes some really stupid decisions <laughs> so if you got any other topic ideas for us definitely leave it in that discord and sign up for it it's free just do it already and if you're still listening to us that means you might kind of like us a little bit and in that case make sure you're subscribed make sure you give us a review on itunes or spotify or anywhere else you can do it uh if this was a youtube video i'd be saying hit the bell subscribe bring a ling the ding all the other fucking things they do brought to you by raid shadow legends and raycon shadow legends, raycon shadow legends. <laughs> <laughs> and all that good shit. But for this episode of the Couch Potatoes, I've been Alex and Chris. Do you have any sort of final thoughts for this YouTube-centric episode? A great YouTube channel would be your network stars, your Judge Judys, your fucking Jerry Springers, Maury Povich. Ryan Seacrest. Ryan Seacrest. All the mother, the all these assholes from the from the uh, Good Morning America. Just a one hour octagon brawl and just like throw in like one knife and just like see Jerry Springer at the end bloodied, no sleeves, tied and tied. He's got fucking Judge Judy's hair clumped up in his fist and he's talking outside the octagon. Well, folks, let me tell you about my final thought. <laughs> And he just does a huge line of fucking blow. With commentary by Billiam and Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah. And just Joe Rogan watching. Did you see her jump off the rope? And he's just like, oh my God.